see me? Daddy, are you kiss me? Hello, audience. Mama, are you with me tonight? <laughs> bing bong, bing bong. Yeah, are you auditioning yeah, yeah. for something? I'm auditioning for a play called Tootsie Yentl. <laughs> that would be kind of funny. <laughs> Break it down for me. What happens? It's like I'm a young, uh, aspiring uh, young rabbi, but I realize it's easier to be a rabbi if I dress up as a woman. So I'm a f- I'm a female rabbi posing as a female Wait, what? man. I'm you know a- that Yentl and Tootsie are basically, I mean, it's a, it's a woman dressing up as a man trying to be a rabbi and tootsie it's a man dressing up as a woman oh so my tootsie yentl would be a man dressing up as a woman <laughs> who's really uh being treated as but they think i'm a man <laughs> <laughs> that makes no sense but i'm really a woman all right but i'm really caitlin jenner <laughs> really caitlin jenner at the end you find out that i'm caitlin jenner Jenner, Jenner, Jenner. Back up off me, back up off me, back up off me. Yeah, yeah. Back up off me, back up off me. Well, uh, hey, it's uh, time for Sunday Bloody Sunday, I think. It's time for Dej Loaf and Big Sean back up. (laughs) Nope. Yup. Boom. Boom, boom, boom. We've got a bunch to go over with Walking Dead episode 602. I like to call it Carol the Wolf Slayer. Carol like the Wolf Bane. Yeah. Mother of wolves, mother of dragons. <laughs> Carol Carol could take Khaleesi on. In a hand-to-hand fight, probably Absolutely. so, right? Oh, Khaleesi in a hand-to-hand? Shit. If she didn't have the dragons? Well, yeah, there's, yeah, you can't kill a dragon, Carol. I mean... I don't know. My money's on Carol. Yeah, Carol She might give him poisonous cookies. Give the dragons cookies? <laughs> yeah. I don't think dragons eat cookies. <laughs> I don't think this is, uh, what's it called? Strong, bad, and Homestar 1. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> So lots happened on this episode. It was pretty intense. And it was one of those, you know, people killing people versus zombies killing people, which is always more There's an infiltration of, uh, is it Alexandria? I always get Alexandria and Terminus mixed up. It's Alexandria. It's, yeah, it's Alexandria. We're in Alexandria. Well, I was saying to you, like, uh... People killing people really stands out in this show, man. And it's so a lot more brutal. Yeah. Like, you forget because you, you kind of become um, not sort of jaded to z- zombie killings. Yeah. It's like, that's just the process, you know? Right. Got to survive. But then when you see these guys come in and they're hacking up Alexandrians with axes in the yeah. street. Yeah. Because it's just murder in the street. That's the other thing because they take this quaint town setting right. and turn it into a fucking like war zone basically I know. and not just any war zone like a rwandan genocide oh i know war zone. right it's they don't pretty... have guns it's all hand-to-hand knives axes blunt force yep. trauma type stuff well you... let's rewind and get back to like how we get there so as last we left it the group who you know rick and the crew were taking that zombie quarry of zombies down the road and yeah. then the horn goes off at alexandria Convoy. and the, all the half of them head towards there so there's a rewind we're back in alexandria and we see the folks who kind of have been left behind while they went out to go do this task who is not they're not their best and brightest at the except alexandria carol. except for carol and that's it and who else is there carol Carl Carl's there, yeah. uh, but we meet uh, Merritt Weaver, who is best known from, uh, she won an Emmy for Nurse Jackie, yeah, yeah, giving a speech in which she said, hello, I've got to go. Yeah, that she was her out, acceptance goes, I have to speech, leave. right? Yeah, but she's, she's like, a funny actress, and she plays a psychiatrist. Yeah, so she takes, she assumes the role of the new town doctor. But she's not. Well, she's she a, is a she doctor, is. She did go to med school, but, but she's she, scared to do it. Because she's a shrink. And right. She's never actually done any hands-on surgery, any sort of, yeah. Yeah. But, but so before we even get to her, um, well, Rosita is there. Oh, and yeah, Tara's there. Yeah, Tara's there. And yeah. um, uh, Eugene's there, which mm-hmm. just doesn't mean much. No. And... Uh, Maggie's there. Oh, yeah. Maggie can throw shit, fuck shit up. Yeah. yeah. And so they're all, and Carl's there with the baby. And 
Well, but Maggie and, and Deanna were on the other side of the of the uh, Alexandria's walls when the shit went down. Because remember, they see that guy oh, get hit that's with a right. Molotov. They, de- they and do. Then yeah. That's what sets them off, and they're like, "Oh shit!" And then there's what's the name in the clock tower or whatever. And he, her son or other son, Spencer. Yeah, and he can't hit anything. Yeah, which, they, like, which shows you how you they they are not prepared for this. No. But it, the it, the episode starts out with Enid, angsty emo teenage or Enid. Yeah, and we see her back. Story Nothing. where her parents, so yeah, her parents are killed. Parents are killed, which I don't quite understand, to be honest, because they're all sitting in a car. You see that there's walkers coming. She's like, "Mom, Dad, come on, Mom, Dad, come on!" And then the next thing you see them on the side of the road being eaten, and she's still in the car, she's basically the car. watching them yeah. being eaten. Yeah, and I don't know how they went from that to that, and she was spared, and she just sits in the car while she. I, I don't know. It's kind mm. of odd the way that ha- transpired. But then we see her out on the road a bit. She eats a turtle. She eats a live turtle, which yeah. I find strange. Have you ever felt the skin of a turtle? It's yeah, like sandpaper. it's pretty thick. It's yeah. like thick and leathery, and you just crack that thing. And she's eating it like it's a cantaloupe. Yeah. It's raw turtle meat. I don't know if you can yeah. just dig into a turtle like that for real, for real. I don't know. I couldn't. I mean, I try to, you know, you open it up, you got to kind of gut it. And I don't right. know. How do you prepare a turtle? I know. She's just eating it yeah, raw, like eating a walker. Well, she's, she's almost like a walker well, eating. She, they made that comparison in right. Talking Dead, but she's like eating it out of its shell. Like scooping it out yeah. of the shell. It's like, what are you? This isn't like like a nice treat or something. It's like this bag of chips, yeah. raw turtle meat, yeah. just scooping it out of this turtle shell on the side of the road. Like, yeah, like a walker, sure. Yeah, like I found comparison. that whole storyline to be a bit implausible and also unnecessary. Not that interested in it, to be honest. No, it's just sort of like time filler. I don't really care about Enid. Yeah. Really. Her, I, like emo problems, really. Yeah. <laughs> And like how it affects the group, unless it eventually affects the group, or she's like a. Some would say she's like a double agent, wolf agent on the inside. Yeah, there was or, a rumor going on on the internet about possible. her being a potential wolf. I don't know something. I don't like the show anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> like, but what? You know, that's so funny. I come out like to be honest. I don't even like it. Anymore. <laughs> yes, you do. As soon as they have now that they have a fucking uh, freemium Walking Dead game that they're hawking on the yeah, show. Yeah, that's and, not cool. Um, that's not cool. I don't want a freemium pay to play upgradable ding dong game yeah um, i know it's not bung-bung. i know well it's gone commercial it's so and then there's like kfc walker bucket i know you stuff. hate all the tie-ins i hate it i hate it, yep. it. it makes me mad it makes me not want to watch the show well, there's so many it's like pet boys zombie heads i know these oh i know tires. it's the whole bandwagon thing Total get on bandwagon. the zombie bandwagon uh, farts i know <laughs> I have my zombie farts i put them in jars and sell them but <laughs> so Carol is there and she's still sort of doing the happy homemaker thing. She's and they have this you see her talking to her homemaker buddy friends about mm-hmm. recipes. Mm-hmm. And she she sort of has this weird interaction with one of them where she tells her to stop smoking because it's a disgusting habit. But she sort of threatens her. It's very, it's, like it's really threat. weird. Well, because the woman throws a little shade at Carol, like, yeah. "Oh, you're not so good at cooking," or some dumb remark. Yeah, I some forget super what it was. Catty comment that could be taken as offensive, right? But it's like it's not enough to really call somebody on it. So yeah, you gotta hit them back with your own little shade and shit, like the smoking thing. What does she say? She's like, "Oh, we're all gonna die some so soon anyway. Why smoke?" Yeah, she's she like, but she says it. It's really pretty in a way, intense. Like, you could yeah. die tonight, bitch. Yeah, like, you want to die right now? And then she does and the, die. Well, that's one of my favorite <laughs> cuts of the whole film. Is or the whole episode is not Carol. Not Carol. No, but that that sequence that you're referring to when this the smoker woman does die because Carol's looking out the window and it's there she is having her fucking fag smoking right. a cigarette and just like cry right out of like left frame or whatever right out of left field yeah. to see this guy will run up on her with a machete with and just a machete. hack her head off or hack her head open yeah. and I thought she was like having a, a vision of killing her like because she was so mad right, right. I was like oh Carol's like imagining killing this woman and it's 
like, no, this is infiltration. Yeah. That woman just got hacked up with a machete. Right, <laughs> right. It's the way there's no, there's no sound because it's through the window. Uh-huh. And you're looking through sort of Carol's perspective at this woman and it's far away enough. I feel like the distance adds this really creepy element. Yeah, it was very well shot. It's really yeah. well shot because when it's up close and personal like horror movie, you're just like, yeah, that's gory. But when it's that, that distance and the, the silence of it makes it way more sort of like it lingers in my mind. Yeah. It was one of the coolest sequences of the show because that introduces the whole breach of wolves like that's that's the first thing that like oh fuck we're in we're in trouble yep yeah and it's just, she has to run out and gather everybody well, and, and carol goes into stealth mode she goes into like remember her mode at terminus where she is getting it done she's the one who saves them with the whole like explosion and, and dressing up as a zombie with the yep. poncho and the explosion and she frees them single-handedly badass yep and she does kind of a similar thing where she just adapts to it she gets she kills one of the wolves takes over their outfit which is also sort of a poncho with the hood well it has like a bandana over her face right yeah and and pretends to be one of them and goes around like fucking gacking fools yeah gack killing people and they were like hey what's up buddy this way we're gonna go kill some bang 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 yeah (laughs) yeah what happened we were on the same side and there's a she well morgan comes back so morgan had headed gotten there faster hearing the horn oh, i guess oh we find out the what horn. the horn well and i, I was funny because i was t- i can't remember if i was talking to somebody who read about this but someone made the point that the horn they thought the horn storyline was going to be like stretched out until half season like mm-hmm. you don't find out what causes really? the horn because no. they do that shit yeah on the show, i guess though. they do and yeah. it's like you never find out but so that the fact that they kind of settled that up in this episode right sort of a relief because what happens is the dude in the clock tower he's trying to shoot the deanna's son or whatever deanna's son is shooting at people and then he sees a giant transport truck headed right for the wall right just to drive it over to get the more people in and he shoots at it and he shoots at the windshield and clearly hits the guy guy dies and crashes into the wall but doesn't breach it and then that causes the horn to go off yep so the it's a big transport truck horn right going out for miles i guess and morgan comes and stops the horn and kills the guy because the guy turns into a walker yeah Yeah. and then because deanna's son spencer's scared and he's like you're gonna come over with us and then he says no and morgan's like hide and morgan goes in and he and he's doing i mean morgan's a badass she doesn't go either like i'm not i don't know how to fight i don't know how to shoot i'm more and more person you have to save save. yeah i'm gonna stay here with my son we're hiding the clock tower and he's like okay and morgan's like okay yeah just don't get in our way right and morgan is a badass he takes people up he's like has this whole sort of suit or batman complex of like i don't want to have to kill anyone right he does though but he does he finally does in this um, and he meets up with the two wolves that he let live which was a mistake which was well yeah Yeah. we knew that from the jump and it was uh, a saving private ryan kind of mistake yeah and aaron uh made a mistake too because he finds his bag all torn up and bloody with pictures of alexandria which basically led them there yep, yeah which couldn't have helped that's for sure like the whole blueprints to the wall and everything yeah, yeah i mean like why, why did they you, have those pictures yeah why are you carrying that around yeah that was pretty crazy jaunts your recruitment jaunts yeah that was insane to me you know but so morgan has a couple really cool scenes where he's fighting with that ninja stick yeah, his bow staff, and and then Carol That's the other and thing. him. A bow staff is like total like non lethal weapon, right? Choice, you know. I feel yeah, like it's a big choice for his character. It's not a machete. It's not an axe. Right. It's not a AR fifteen. You know. Yep. The peaceful bow staff that will like knock you unconscious and can take out a walker. But right. It's not like a brutal bladed weapon or something. You know. But he can fight with it. It's oh, pretty yeah. incredible. He took on like a ring of them. They surrounded. That him, was remember? scary. But then doesn't Carol come in and like end up? helping him well, yeah she does yeah and she like kills a few people when he's like okay let's talk about this yeah <laughs> she's like him pops him yeah pops the guy in the head like oh shit well and then they do this thing where they pretend she pretends that he's a prisoner because oh, she's yeah. in the outfit and they're and he right. chained he's chained behind her and he sees gabriel being attacked, attacked and he's like let's go help him and she's like no leave him she's like no straight up no too like that hard carol no yep which is like very definitive and to be honest gabriel's dead gabriel's weight. dead not only that but he's like unpredictable you yeah. don't know if he's gonna turn on not everyone to be again trusted. yeah he tried to do that once already a couple times already yeah. 
Like many times, actually. Yeah, well, yeah, really. Why is he still in the group? Like, dude, at the church, you tried to fuck us over. And yeah. In Alexandria, you tried to fuck us over. I feel like, you know, I feel like there's another time outside of that that I'm not thinking of, like on the road or something where he tries to do some old sneaky shit. Yeah, he's, he, I, she did the right thing. But so Morgan goes, but Morgan doesn't know anything about him or his history. So history and he's also mm-hmm. not killing people. But he goes right. and he saves him. He, he basically says, oh, I can't be your prison. Like, he breaks out of the little fake Chains, setup. yeah. And then Carol... Oh, yeah. What happens is Morgan saves Gabriel. Yep. And then Carol comes and kills the guy. Because Morgan right. didn't kill the guy that was going to kill Gabriel. Yeah. And he's like, what, what does the guy say? He says some real cult stuff before Carol kills him. He's like, we need to free you. You guys are caged or you guys are trapped. The wolf. Yeah, like, he does. He what does he say? He says cult yeah brain, brainwash type stuff like, right you guys are you know we're trying we're here to set you free yeah with machetes and chop you up right bits, right right you know, right some, yeah some real old, it's called david koresh type stuff well and then meanwhile we've got carl kind of in the house you know having Guarding to protect the house, judith yeah. and enid's in there with him and then he tries to get ross what, perot or what's whatever. Your, <laughs> what Ross Perot is no, it. isn't it Ron, the son the of son, the Ross. of the blonde chick whose yeah, husband was porch son. dick, and they yeah. have a little like love triangle. Ross, there's Perot a little lo- yeah because Carl sees when he's walking Judith at a happier moment, he sees Ron and Enid together hugging. Yeah, yeah, and, and he gets then, a little gel. Yeah, and then Enid comes into the house that Carl's protecting, right? And then they have a little moment and. Carl saves Ross and sees Ron. They, Ron and sees they they had a moment <laughs> and then Ron gets all like pissy and Carl's like come in the house I'll like protect you he's like I don't need your help yeah and, like runs away so like we don't know jerk. what happens to him like a jerk like a real jerk Ron. well and also there's a moment with Carl with Carol mm-hmm. with the younger son who mm-hmm. she's already sort of been bullying she does she's bully like, him. she's like Shake it off, kid. Your dad's it's like people dead. die. Your dad's dead. Yeah, yeah. Your dad's dead. It. Get over it. Move he, on. Well, no, she says your dad beat your mom and now he's dead. Yeah. Get over it. I and love the how kid's she like, crying. gives him the straight talk when no one's looking. Yeah. Like, pinches his leg under the table. Like, why is he making that face? Do right. You, do you not like your food, little Billy? Yeah. <laughs> it's like Carol pinching him like, quiet. Yeah, Carol's like. <laughs> Carol's like brutal. She's like, like the psycho. Yeah, she's like serial mom. Yeah, she What's is. Her name? Kathleen Turner. John Waters. Yeah, she kind of she is. Kind She's of is become that. Mom. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> but so they're. I mean, they successfully fend off these wolves, but then they all leave. Doesn't Morgan? Oh, Morgan lets them leave. Morgan basically, lets them leave. he goes dummy because he basically like he takes them all on. He like, does group of them and sort of disarms them all. Yeah, and then he sees the one wolf that he had you know let live in right. the last season and he talks to them like you can leave now or die and he's like we'll be back for you and then they all leave like six of them yeah you know and carol wouldn't have done that shit no and carol then there's that know. great so- shot where morgan when it's all over morgan and carol kind of walk past each other and don't say anything yeah. but give each other looks like yeah. they're both like morgan's probably like oh you're a bad woman and carol's like you pussy you probably yeah <laughs> It's a great size sequence, yeah. Yeah, I like the way the season's going so far. It's a good. It was a good episode, and then there was, was that final inter encounter with the wolf, the, the second wolf. Yeah, because Morgan started going through the houses doing a check. Yep, and the second wolf, the long hair. Right. Oh, we forgot to mention when Carol's in her incognito thing, and she takes like blood and like puts a W on her head, so it looks like she's she, a wolf. Well, she yeah. goes to the armory. We, we sort of skipped that part, and she yep. goes and there's God. The, the wolves are raiding the army. She gets in there just in time and sort of takes him out shoots them all because they think that she's this buddy weasel or whatever his name is mm-hmm. weasel. and uh and then she sees the woman that does all the inventory remember yeah and she's like you stay here with this gun anybody comes through here you take them out right and, you know that happens and then later morgan's doing his little check yep. the houses and he runs in that same wolf the one who he fought early yeah, yeah they were gonna the kill wood. him yep. in the woods yeah and then he ends up i think killing him because he sort of takes him out, and then the he, guy's like we unconscious. We think, but they don't show it. But he know. must have. I don't know. Yeah, they or he, no, he might have knocked him out. Yeah, that's what it seemed like. And talking, did they talk about that? Like if he's dead or if he was just because it's like why would you say I'm sorry and then 
I got to knock you I out. I think he probably killed him. I think so, but it is ambiguous. And yeah. It is like a whole non-killing thing. And I mean, a whack to the head with a bow staff would hurt a lot, but you'd have to really fucking whack somebody. You with could, though. Yeah, you totally could. I mean, I feel like you'd have to bludgeon them. I know? mean, it's like, it reminds me of the whole the Stannis Baratheon death when... Brienne kills him, but they don't show it. Like yeah. she, sh- like she goes to it's kill him, and he's just sitting there. Sure. But you're 100 percent sure. But, but he's not. It's not shown. Yeah. So like, there's this. Maybe there's a chance that she didn't actually kill him, but she, I'm sure she probably did. Right. But in a show like that, if they're you gonna never kill know. him, you never know. And if they're gonna kill him, they're gonna they show, show it. his head get ripped exactly. off by like a zombie. Fuck. You know what I mean? Like, so they leave it very kind of ambiguous so that reminded me of that because they do the same thing it's kind of like well we're pretty sure he killed him but we're not 100 percent sure he said i'm sorry because like now we're gonna take you prisoner and we're gonna question right that's true you or something like this when rick gets back i mean it wouldn't have been a bad idea to keep one of them well that's what i thought they were gonna do i'm like oh i was remember i even said i'm like oh cool taking prisoner question him yeah comes bang i know that was funny i literally like said it like oh yeah they're gonna take with prisoner smart smart. yeah (laughs) bang (laughs) Bang. oh well forget that then it was a very well choreographed episode i mean both 601 and 602 are are really just it's it's good tv and and you know Mm -hmm. we found this out today Mm -hmm. from our our friend Tim Smith at Canon and our friends at Canon. Uh, shout the out higher ups at Canon. Shout out to Canon because they are hooking us up for Walker Stalker Con, which is next week. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be going to that. We'll have lots to talk about. Lots to talk about. Yeah, um, we'll be doing a grip of stuff there. But so Canon, uh, Fear the Walking Dead is shot digitally on Canon cameras, but. Uh, Walking Dead, the original Walking Dead, is shot on 16 millimeter film. film. It is which, shot on film. I mean, it looks like it's shot on film. Yeah. But I didn't realize it was. I really thought it was, of course, it had to be. Well, it's, yeah. On it's digital. An episodic, but, it's an hour episodic. Yeah. Like six season in, it's still being shot on film. I know. It's, it's kind incredible. of incredible that they're doing that. They have to digitize it to add in all the CGI after effects. Yep. Like, it's insane. And the thing yeah. about that is nobody talks about that on Talking Dead. Well, it or, shows you, we talked about this today with uh, the Canon, Tim from Canon, is that it's two very different nerd worlds. Yeah. The world that, you know, of. Techno- post world. video produ- yeah. um, technology cameras that whole world mm-hmm. content creation and then the fans of the show and yeah, stuff like that they're watchers, different worlds yeah. but I mean it, it would be something I mean if they do another panel at NAB that would have been a question I wish I had known because I, that's a question I would have asked when we were well, like, at why the does NAB nobody panel know about this? This or is talk huge... about it especially Nicotero I'm surprised well, he didn't talk about point. that or not Nicotero but like Frank Darabont probably s- started that yeah he, with the first season he was probably it's probably his idea to shoot it on film because like, yeah. this is a gritty zombie apocalypse world we should shoot it on film and right. give it that extra dimension of you know the visual dimension but it like look like kevin smith was on famous director kevin smith yep. was on talking dead this week that it was never brought up i bet it's you never he doesn't been brought even up. know that i bet you like chris hardwick probably doesn't know well it's just sure, not something sure. that's on the agenda to talk about but i mean i think it's actually pretty interesting and fascinating to talk yeah. about because as tim smith pointed out today you know there's only one lab in the country that's still processing in film in yeah. burbank and you have to go to that lab to process so everything yeah. that's shot in georgia on for the walking dead has to be processed in burbank california right because there's no other because nobody's shooting on film except for tarantino yeah and he was saying uh, there's maybe like a, a two or three other shows that still shoot on film maybe right everything's digital why would it not be it's so much cheaper yeah you know and it's a shame you know but it's pretty cool this is like yeah well, this is like one of the the last shows i feel like once this show's over it's that you know that's going to be it that's yeah gonna be, well, like, this is probably one of the last it is i mean television show shot on film it, it's really i mean god you know i went when i went to film school that's what we learned on 16 millimeter film <laughs> yeah it's so it was the just 90s that was the 90s and so this was just very I, I was really blown away by this information i had no idea yeah, it's game-changing information. Yeah. I mean, for real. It's not that I'm some big film buff or anything, but it is pretty unbelievable. Yeah. And that, that the show's been on for six seasons, and I've never even I heard know. this. Well, and then the other thing, too, is I'll, I, I remember when Fear the Walking Dead came out, 
um, the first episode, I was I thought this looks different. Not only because they were clearly you know setting up a different mood in a different city and all that, yeah. but it looked it looks very different. If you go look at the two of them side by side. Now I will notice that Walking Dead's film, and you know, you can see the difference. Yeah, oh yeah, you did. And at first, yeah, you think it's more of like an art direction choice or a cinematography or color choice. correction. Color even correction. it's very different color correction. Yeah, very different. But you can tell now that the that's the difference. One's shot digitally on Canon cameras, and one is on film. Um, but anyway, so uh, the episode is a great episode. I yeah, thought, it's great. Yes, and it, you. It, yes, I also thought. I thought it was a great episode, and I also thought that it uh, it's a sort of building up to some sort of cliffhanger stuff. You can tell. And yeah, it's uh, some probably upsetting stuff. Yeah, something's about to happen, and yeah, you know, with the, where they're leaving it with the sort of Walker convoy, and then the wolf infiltration; those two things happening happening simultaneously. Yeah, makes you really think like, okay, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to the uh, mid season finale because yeah. they're going to do some pretty. Something's going to be intense. Big. How many episodes is it till mid season finale? Is it is it six, six? or is it eight? I think it's six. It's probably six. I think it's six and six. Right? Yeah. Twelve episodes. That sounds about right. That sounds right, but uh, that has not six been confirmed. Weeks. Yeah. It takes us to like... I know that the mid-season, the, the, new, the next season starts, or the mid-season premiere is on Valentine's Day 2016. That's cool. So I'm guessing we go through uh, November with this. So like, yeah, into November, then December, yeah. January off, and then back at it yeah. mid february yep yeah i'm happy and uh to be honest they're just getting to the end of what is the second compendium of the show with this uh-huh. it's a lot different they've done a lot of different stuff oh, the, from the, you comics. Mean the comics yeah. yeah so they're not even they haven't even started because the third compendium is on sale now and i want to buy it right so I, you can catch up or it could be a go I, ahead i want to get ahead yeah. of the show because i I've, I've read both of the first two compendiums so it's yeah. about 104 issues and so the next one is like issue 104 to issue 130 or something mm-hmm. like that so and that'll show all of the stuff that's about to happen right and it's funny that they literally they released it like as this was airing yeah this, this yeah well i'm sure that wasn't an accident definitely not definitely yeah. not because we, we, we were in uh emerald city the image booth i went and talked to them and that was in april and they're like oh yeah it's being released in october right the third compendium I'm like oh it's the same time the show comes out you know that's not a coincidence yeah. at all you know yeah so i am excited to get that i really should get that before we go to walker stalker because it's it's a great you know just to continue reading it before the show gets to where where this other one's at yeah a lot of stuff that's a lot happened. of stuff and i want to see how they what they, their take on it with mm-hmm. kung fu jesus and they, there's some characters that haven't been introduced yet that, and you don't know if they're gonna be though right oh uh, yeah I mean, we don't know if they're we don't gonna know be. for sure but i i've read just like little blurbs on the internet like so and so is uh, they're cast for that character, oh, or that sort of thing. They're okay. looking to cast for this guy because he's yeah. like a like a, a fan major, favorite, a fan favorite, a yeah. big time fan favorite. You know, he's like a Boba Fett kind of character. Oh, really? Everyone like kind of loves, likes him the most. Kind okay, of thing. like he's not a major character, but everyone likes him the most. Yeah. kind of thing. That sort of that sort of deal. And he's sort of like a Lone Ranger kind of guy and kicks fucking ass. Oh, okay. He's like a like a, um, like a Daryl. He's kind of he like is Darryl, like a Daryl. Daryl's okay. not in the comic. You know, yeah. But he's sort of like a, he can go and tr- travel the bush by himself. And oh, he can okay, scout and okay. He can fight and you know he's cool, man. That could be cool. He's got a big beard and long hair. It's pretty cool. Oh, all right. And he kicks ass. Kicks Rick's ass. Really? Yeah, and Abraham and Michonne too. Like when they meet. So I want to see how they do that in the, in oh, the show. Oh, but yeah. they end up n- being cool with yeah, each other. Up, okay. They end up because they end up ending up. They end up ending up. <laughs> 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 they end up sort of getting him and restraining him and tying him down okay. and taking him back to his camp and huh. like that camp is a whole new story so right. that's a whole new camp outside so there's much they can do there's much, much they to can be do done. much to be done yeah. i'm excited yeah so cool so we also Party. saw the leftovers episode three of episode season two three, which is a whole other storyline from the first two episodes also cool. simultaneous like oh, yeah, they seem to be doing them which they do that in that show yeah. which is fucking so smart you know because it's completely different 
like stuff and then you then they tie it into the little notes that you get in the first two episodes yeah. you can see these sort of glimpses and then th- this episode three will take you there from the the wife's perspective or the mom's perspective yeah who was with the um in the cult um laurie who amy Lori. brenneman yeah amy brenneman who was it's her in story the who's cult. now out of it and she and she was a therapist before the incident right so now I she's sort of so. trying to go back to doing that she, she sort of started like a halfway house and a group in a group and she's enlisted her son as an infiltrator sort of yeah, to, to go undercover undercover at to these the white cult yeah and recruit people that look sort of disenfranchised by the cult yeah basically right not piece of paper because none of them speak Right. They all smoke. And so they always show her with this big fishbowl loading it up with uh, nicotine gum. Yeah. And she has these cots. Yeah. We're literally, like, it's like a, escaping uh, from freaking Scientology or Mormonism or right. whatever crazy polygamy thing. And these cults, and the, you can come stay here and you can talk about it and try to get healthy and, you know, fix your, you know, yeah. how you got there in the first place. And the sun is, like, taking a huge risk. Huge risk. And, and it starts out kind of feeling like, okay, and wow, she's really doing well. I mean, in the beginning, I was sort of surprised because, wow, she's really come around and she's yeah, doing she's well. Talking. She's really trying to activate herself. Right? Yeah. And she's writing this book. She's, she's right about her experience. The yeah, yeah. With the cult, enlightening people, putting information out there about, you know, what yeah. this cult's about and why they do it and this sort of thing. And everything that happened and basically she writes a book about last season and probably yeah. what happened before that yeah too. and she's got but you you slow it's slowly revealed throughout the episode that she's damaged very she's angry and and when yeah. psychologically damaged by what she went through sure as anybody would she's she helps this woman who her son brings who left her husband and her son and she thinks she's sort of helping her yeah, she was another one that sort of the sun found and yep. she was, you know, felt safe here and, you know, it's a safe place. Welcome, you know, and they're making some headway. This woman who was one of the cult members. Right. And then she, uh, you know, Amy Brenneman's character, like reintroduces her to her husband and her family and things are going okay, you know? Yeah. You know, uh, for a, a while. Right. And then... They don't go and okay. Then you start to see her because she's with her husband, and things start to feel good again. But you just see on her face like it's she's gone, like she's too far gone to go back to her home life. You know. Well, and you see that Amy Brenneman really needed to get help herself before she put together. You know, she was clearly right. got into this mode of I have to save as many of these people as I can. Yeah. Once she got out of it, because mm-hmm. when we last saw her last season. There was the fire at the house, yeah, and her, her daughter, daughter almost dies, yep, yep. and and she screams her name, the that daughter's was the name. First time she spoke in a year, yeah. right? And and this epi- this was pretty intense because the son's you know going undercover, he's putting himself in danger, yeah. and then he gets outed, and they basically kidnap him. It's almost like freaking. 1984 rat like because he, yeah. he gives her the little paper like i know a safe place to this one girl who looks like she's scared right and, uh, for you know and then she just takes a whistle out of her pocket and starts blowing it yeah and then these like goon called guys come and grab him yeah and this the next sequence of him was so bizarre bizarre and disturbing but like yes kind of hot because <laughs> <laughs> we she he's taken in this like van and he's cu- he's handcuffed and and then Liv Tyler appears. Yeah. And we she had become part of this group because Amy Brenneman's character was watching her. She they you know, they're supposed to stand in front of people's house that lost people yeah. and just kind of watch them. And smoke and, and not she say used anything. to hate them, but then she became part of the group. And now she's clearly like a leader. She's taking yeah. over kind of the leader role. Because Amy Brennan was the leader after what's her name died. Right. Peggy died. Then she's now the leader and then now she's out and she's trying to like get people out of the cult you know so right this but is a big... so the Liv tyler character she comes in and she takes the son's clothes off yeah and he's naked and then she straddles him and has sex with him and shows bush and then yeah and shows some wang too. yeah and little then wang, little bush and then i don't know how he get it up though it's like i'm sitting here i'm, I'm being handcuffed. attacked by some woman i don't know yeah and then it's like quick let's have a quick boff and yeah <laughs> it was very weird i'd be like sweet no and then they pour gasoline on me i'm like oh and then they, yeah they, they take him outside on the side of the road naked pour gasoline on him and she's yeah. got a lighter up to his and body. you think he's gonna light he's like burned yes. to death yeah and then she lights a smoke and says tell your mom i said 
that that so, whatever says hi, Beverly yeah. says hi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that whole sequence it just reminded me of how they just go there with this show. They yeah. do some really bizarre things yeah. that you don't quite understand what's happening or why. And then they explain it sometimes, and sometimes sometimes they don't. They don't. Sometimes it's just uh, you know kind of hot and sexy. <laughs> this was not hot and sexy. Was just, this was very bizarre, but it was very sort of Kubrick. I mean, it was, it was super like risque. it had sort of those weird. It had that kind of arty Kubrick esque sort of feel to it. Like, what's happening? This is so disturbing, but it's so visually incredibly cool at the same time. Yeah, and they're all wearing white, and, and it's got my attention. Yeah, uh, you're definitely holding my attention. Yeah, hell yeah. So, I mean, it was interesting. It wasn't... Oh, and then there's this whole other side story going on where she's rented the place where she's bringing all the people and the scumbag. landlord's a scumbag, scumbag guy. Scumbag landlord. Too yeah. much gold. Anybody with too much gold <laughs> on their scumbag. wrist and neck is a fucking scumbag. And he's smoking and he's... You know, Takes you know, her bagels. Well, because he, he's like, it's going to be an extra $200 next month. And he's like, and then she's like, what do I? And he's, she's already late on the other month. Yeah. And he's like, well, because, you know, some of those people you have, I know they're staying in there they're sleeping there she's like no no we just have some late nights he's like and he says something about like the toilets can handle day poops but, but not, not night, night poops yeah. yeah so he's like i know that you got people staying in there for right real. and then a few days go by and then all the stuff's out on the street along with all the people that yeah. she's been trying to help and her laptop's gone with her book on it the whole, no the copy whole it's not backed up yeah nothing no copy no backup and then she goes and confronts the guy at his office and he's basically like i don't have laptop? it yeah, yeah of course she's like give me my laptop i just give me the file and he's like if i give you the file i'll admit to stealing that's me admitting to stealing yeah, your yeah, laptop yeah. so and then she's like think about your son and he's like my son's an asshole and he's yeah like that kid. was funny yeah it was. it was a fucking vile man just a creep you know and so she does a little fucking uh taking the law into her own hands yeah she breaks into his house she does like a stakeout yeah and waits for him to leave and then she breaks into the house and the wife is there like russian wife yeah bitch wife like such a like smoking with the bleach blonde hair yep, and the yep. deep throaty voice and she sneaks upstairs and sees his little like piss ant son playing with games her laptop on, on her laptop yep. in his room on a beanbag chair and she literally just runs at him and snatches it and then just dipsets and like leaves and yeah. hops in the car and the mother's like what are you doing in my house what are you doing and then she drives away with it and she's laughing and she has some like fucking bumping music going on and she's all like yes yeah she's all like feeling she did have some pretty bumping music yeah, going like on for her. It was dubstep. weird. Yeah, it was, and she was like totally feeling but herself. But then she sees two of the cult members yeah. on the street. And they're just in the middle of the road. And she stops and she puts it in neutral and starts revving yeah. the engine. And then they don't move and she puts it in a drive and just starts driving at them. And driving she at She runs them. over them. And then, boom, they both roll up yeah. on the car. And the funny thing about that, because the episode starts with her washing her car at like one of those late night uh, car wash things, like self-car right. wash. And then the next scene after she hits them is that same scene where she's washing the car. Yeah. So she's like trying to clear off any evidence of the, you know, of her literally running over these two cults. Well, members. and then you re- it's really revealed that she's kind of not, she's got problems. She's but, got some but the woman issues. that she's trying to help that had mentioned to her when she was sort of talking, she said, I know you're like, you're angry. And cause two of the, some of the people came in to the room, the cult members, they, they, came they confronted in. her and they try to try to get the blonde woman that she's rescued to out come back. Yeah. And she gets in his face and it's like, you get out of here. Yeah. You can't be in here. Right. And, get and out. they sort of say to her, the, the people she's trying to help, you're angry. She's like, I'm not angry, but she's so like, okay. angry. She's so clearly ang- angry. Cause, and we really see it finally blow up when she gets a, a publisher who's interested in her book. Yeah, she sends it around. She gets a call from some big publishing house. And as she's in the waiting room, she finds out that this woman who she's tried so hard to help took her car with her family and went drove into oncoming traffic and had a head-on collision with a transport truck. And, the yeah. guy, and you see that scene where she's driving and the husband's in the passenger seat. And then he's like, you're on the wrong side of the road. Yeah, what are you doing? Sad. And then you see the truck, you see the car, and then it's just implied that they just get run over. Right. And then she's literally in the waiting room and gets the text or whatever. And she's about to leave and be like, I'm sorry, I can't do this today. I have to go. Right. And then the like editor guy, publisher, whatever guy comes out like, hey, 
ready to do or have this meeting. Yeah. I'm excited. I loved your book. And she's like, okay, yep. uh, let's do this. And then they go in, they start talking about the book and he's talking about it so sort of flippantly. Yeah. You know? Like, why don't we do this? Yeah, and like, you need to add this. Yeah. Like, what are the feelings? Like, yeah. You, you add what happened, but you didn't put any feeling. And, you know, maybe we can change this. And like, why did they smoke? Like, you never tell them like what their purpose was. Right. You know? Like the Branch Davidians like, hated uh, government. Like, right. what do you guys hate? Like, what are you guys fighting against? And like, he's really sort of grilling her. Yeah. And the whole time she's just sort of sitting there like, oh, okay, what do you mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's bringing like, then your daughter and like, she, she almost burns alive and you couldn't save her because you're too weak and your husband stepped in and saved her because right. he's better than you or something like that. He's basically yeah, yeah, saying yeah. all these things. And then she literally just lunges at him. Yeah, and, she like, loses her shit yeah. and just attacks him. In the office. Yeah. Man. It's it, pretty primal. It is. She goes for him. Yeah. And, she's, and then, then it cuts to her in a fucking jail cell <laughs> yeah. in her $850 pantsuit yeah. thing that she bought like on return like just to buy and then return you know because you wanted it to look nice and then she's in the fucking clink with the with the, the pantsuit right the oscar teller had to fucking pants right or whatever. <laughs> it was i a- know that was hilarious that she bought that and because she you see her throughout the episode before she kind of loses it mm-hmm. really trying to be this kind of get back to a normalcy, get back to a life that she had before where she was a therapist with a a practice and helping people and bought nice suits and now a publisher and writing a book and legitimate person. And she's like trying to find that person that she was. And it's almost like she realizes through the episode and the audience realizes she'll never be that person again. No. And you almost think that she's going to go back to the cult. You do. You're not sure. Kind of like she might go back back just like the blonde woman that they tried i thought she was gonna go back and it ends up just killing herself well there's this when the son comes to get her in jail that's yeah. when you think that because they have this talk and she's like this is all bullshit mm-hmm. and he said there's the, you know your group they're waiting for you can you, you know they they've know all lost believe. their shit they've lost their shit and you need she's to like, keep your shit together yeah and that's the thing it's like the whole episode shows her like I now I have my shit together yeah, now. But I'm working hard. I'm setting fake. it up. Yeah, I'm setting up this new thing. But it is. She has a lot of unresolved issues, right? Man. And a lot of like she doesn't. She's not in touch with her daughter. She doesn't. And they show the scene where they the son goes and meets the daughter, which happened in the last in the episode, last yeah. episode. And they show that from the mother's perspective, right? Of the daughter being like, "Hell no, yeah. I'm not interested in any way dealing with her." You know. Then he's like, "No, she's changed. She's you know trying to make a thing." And right. she's like, "Hell no." miss me with that shit yeah and then, uh, and then so they cut back uh to her uh you know in the car like mom you gotta keep your shit together right you know and that's when they sort of roll over to uh, the son sort of assuming this new cult leader role well because of the guy he was working for before holy who used wayne to give every holy wayne who gave everyone hugs and they were well they show a video clip the son of the son sleeping on the couch and there's a his laptop's open there's a youtube video of holy wayne mm. like which looks like a couple a year before the last season right. kind of thing and he's doing this speech of like you know i'm not i'm not perfect but i can feel your pain and i can take away your pain and whoop the woo and and who wants a hug? And that's who like how it hug? ends. That's how it ends. And then they show the son and the mother sitting with like what's left of their followers. Yeah. And he's like, Mom, people like that cult because it gave them something to believe. We have to give them something new to believe in. Right. Because we can take it away from them. But if we can't fill it with anything, they're just going to go back or they're going to kill themselves. Yeah. And so that's he literally it ends with the son giving that Holy Wayne speech. So he's now Holy he's Wayne. He's Holy Wayne. And he yeah. ends it with who wants a hug? Because his last, he basically sets it up like, yeah, I followed him. I did everything he said to me to do. And I saw, I was the last person who saw him before he died. Yeah. And he gave me a hug and basically like transposed his holy powers to me. And he really believes he it. He believes it. And, and uh, you know, and if that's what they got to do to keep people from going back to that cult. And but we'll see how true it is. It's Well, we'll see how true it is. And it's also just incredibly interesting to see um, what's going to, how that's going to play out. Yeah. I got to say, the performances were pretty fantastic by the son and Amy Brenneman in this episode. Yeah, it was all I them, mean, pretty it much. It was all them. No Justin Theroux, no, no Regina King and that their family, and no right. uh, 
Yeah, none of that storyline. Not not the uh, the uh, the pastor. Yeah, the priest, the brother. Uh, what's his name? Gosh dang it. Yeah, but yeah, it was just a completely different storyline, and they really held it on, held their own in this. It was cool, man. Yeah, it's it's an exceptional show, and you know the guy who the creator, um, Damon Lindelof, who did Lost and. He wrote Prometheus and Star Trek Into Darkness, which, you know, when I heard that, I was like, what? Because yeah. those were horrible. <laughs> yeah, script-wise. I mean, script-wise. They had moments and they stuff. They had moments. Well, Star Trek Into Darkness was Is that the con dreadful. one? Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of crazy. The script was horrible. Just like a big action movie in the sky. Yeah. Know, or in the space. And it was silly. But, I mean, this it's... There's an assembled crew of writers on this that have done a lot of interesting work. The show is brilliant. But it's more brilliant than I would have thought that guy could do. Well, it wasn't it's a book, right? It's a book first. Yeah, it's a book first. Yep. Yeah. But so. the actors are some of the best. I mean, the acting's some of the best that's going on right now. Well, I kind of find this show just more interesting to watch than The Walking Dead or anything, really. It's yeah, sort of the maybe most, or anything. Or anything. It's sort of the most, like, mysterious. There's, like, a weird magic to this show. Yeah. That there's a whole sort of open-ended thing that you're just not going to understand. Yeah. Maybe for the whole show. Yep. And it does, it's not, you're not, like, angered, like, they're withholding things, like what happened to Sophia. It's sort of more of this, like, just feeling that you don't get to know... It feel well, and you know the whole what happened to Sophia thing was just so. I remember how annoyed we got by that. We were like, "Fucking, who cares about Sophia?" Well, after like, four we were episodes, so frustrated by it, we're like, "God damn it, just screw, screw her. We don't yeah, care. Just move, move on. on. We don't care about Sophia. Give but us something. This is different. This is extremely different. I mean, they drop these weird sort of things, like the for, the premiere episode had the caveman sequence, mm-hmm, and you're kind Terrence of like, Malick "Okay, how's that going to play out?" And there are things like that but you never sort you're kind of on board for the ride yeah i don't question any of it anymore uh, you do in the, when you first start watching the show and that's why it might turn yeah. you off because you're like come when uh you're not given enough you're right. not given enough but when, once you see it through and you get through that first season and it's not really like a get through it's a you, you really start enjoying yeah it. once you once you're hooked you're like oh my god this is brilliant this is the best show yeah on tv for my money absolutely yeah, i'm excited to see what happens but i'm always on sort of edge watching it because it's kind of like all right i know that i have to sort of do some work to watch this show in a sense because it's very artistic and very smart yeah, you gotta and pay very, attention you have to pay attention and which is okay yeah you absolutely know, i don't find that to be a chore if i enjoy the content i agree you know or the yeah, the acting and the source material the script you know yeah so uh, also we'll talk a little bit about uh we saw beasts of no nation Starring Idris Elba as a warlord in some unnamed African country. If you haven't heard about it, it's a Netflix Netflix original. It's their Um, first. Is it their first like feature original? It's. I don't know the answer to that. I don't want to say yes and be wrong. It seems like it. It seems like it. It's. Um, directed by Kerry Funaka. Yep, Kerry Funaka and that guy's badass. Funaka, yeah, and um. It is fucking holy heavy, shit. man. It's they holy deliver. Shit. They deliver. Well, Netflix is like, we're let's do something to show that we are not bullshitting at all, at yeah. all. And it definitely uh, raises the profile because you know the TV shows are cool and the funny stuff is cool, but to make a feature film with this sort of scope and this, the uh, you know. The theme and content of the child's yeah, it's, ch- it's child soldiers. They're basically it's it follows this boy's story and the young Agu. boy who was who's an African they found there is a fantastic actor and mm-hmm. he's a young boy under ten years old. Yeah, he might be ten. He might be ten, and his yeah. family's killed. His mother's been and sister and small brother shipped off to the capital city and his father and his grandfather and his big brother all killed in front of him and killed in front of him literally in front of him and he's caught the country's in a war and he ends up in the bush and being found by idris elba and their his rebel Rebel alliance yeah rebel militia yeah and man just when they find him and they all have they all have these sort of woven in 
uh, tree branches and yeah. uh, like banana leaves and stuff and camouflage mixed with all these sort of weird cl- articles of clothing. These like makeshift. It looks like Lost Boys. It man. does. Brutal, brutal Lost yeah. Boys. Yeah, and he's sort of like Captain Hook. And he recruits them and manipulates yep. them, and they go through the train, the whole training sequence. Because you never, you always wonder uh, about, you know, what is is there any training? They just hand yeah. them a freaking Kalishnikov and go kill those guys, right? Or you know, but they show like there's these like makeshift sort of training areas and camps and the the food ceremony. And, and there's ceremony and hierarchy and there's yeah. different uh, divisions and stuff. And he's the commandant, and then there's the corporals and the sergeants, and it's all like they're all wearing just sandals and yeah, cloths yeah. and the one guy's fucking completely naked oh yeah that was and that's and you're very it's jarring yeah, yeah it's jarring because he goes into battle like when he's not fighting he's clothed and then when he's in fighting he's completely nude and with a fucking large lmg machine gun right. you know what i mean it's just like gnarly and it's all really close to home like accuracy just yeah. from watching stuff on vice and just you, you can read about this stuff and all the books that have been written about the child yep. soldiers and these warlords and stuff and the things they put the children through it's insane it's insane what was so beautiful well it's shot beautifully mm-hmm. uh what was really i thought wonderful about the story and the script was that he really takes a lot of time with the first act which you know as i remember in film school they always like told you not to do that but it's they do and i think it works very well because he sets up the child's life with his family in mm-hmm. a way that you just see i mean there's a sequence where he's sitting at dinner and he's burping with his brother in a burping contest and mm-hmm. they're like playing games and, well, they, and the whole imagination tv thing yeah where they have basically like the shell of a tv with no screen and they go up to these sort of like un guys and soldier guys and be like hey we'll put on a show if you will buy this tv and he's like the tv doesn't work he's like yes it does and the, the kids sort of get into uh the frame of the tv and then the uh, the boy who ends up being the soldier at Goo like it's like okay uh, kung fu and they start like fighting in yeah. the TV and so you're looking through the screen and they're putting on these little shows uh, like a TV it's shows so sweet but it's so innocent like they're kids they're, little kids they're still kids and like you can and anyone can relate to that they're yeah. just kids and they're just family like they're like a nice family yep. you know their living conditions are different or the color of your skin's different but we all have family yeah. you know what I mean and we have all been children you know yeah. none of us have snort brown brown and go kill people with machetes, machetes yeah. you know machete to the head that whole sequence is crazy and that my favorite character is this boy striker who becomes his best friend sort of like partner yeah. and he becomes idris elba's like you two are my right hand man he says these two children that basically become his like personal guard right he has like two 11 year olds with you know ak-47 yeah and like you two are my personal guards you know and like and then he ends up raping them both i know and that's the other thing it's like there's this whole sexual like power struggle thing where he has he's raping these boys and giving them drugs and it's yeah. just the worst it's, parts of it's, it's, it's like a, a living film. hell it's like a living hell yeah just the conditions and then the heat and the smoke and like he's yeah. smoking in the heat just if anyone who's ever smoked a cigarette in like the heat of summer it's the most unpleasant thing and he's just smoking the whole time just like dripping in that jungle sweat and yeah. just like oh Ugh. Yeah, it's not for the faint of heart. I mean, it's, it's really an intense not. film, but it's a beautiful film. It's, it's beautiful. incredibly it's... well written, directed, and Kerry uh, Fukunaga wrote, directed, and he's the DP. He's a badass. I mean, it's inc- the sh- the cinematography is phenomenal. It's there's, incredible. There's this one sequence where what do they call the drugs that you're saying? They brown put, brown brown brown. So they give them brown because it's what is it? It's well, I don't know. I've served like two different things. The way they do it, they take the gunpowder out of just a whatever rifle round mm-hmm. and then they light it up in tinfoil and they sm- they snort the residue but I also heard that it's gunpowder mixed with cocaine okay. so it's a stimulant but they cut they give him a cut in his eye and, and then they, rub, it they in. rub it in they rub it into so the it wound. instantly goes into his wound and in his blood system yeah, his they blood show stream. them out in the field and he's obviously feeling the effects of the drug. And all of a sudden, you see from his perspective, everything's kind of this pink color. And it's... Pink, red color. and Yeah. And they're going into battle. And it's very violent and disturbing, but it's also quite beautiful stunning. in a way. Yeah, it's yeah. stunning. <laughs> it's a, it, yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. And if you don't know, Kerry uh, Fukunaka... Fuk- Fukunaga. Fukunaga. He directed the first season of True Detective. Yep. 
And so if you're a fan of that, you know his work. And he was supposed to direct the new version of It, the Stephen King's It, and then something happened behind the scenes and he backed out of it budget something or series something like this so he has this guy's got chops and this is really yeah. the, his best move because idris elba could get nominated the movie could get nominated the, the boy could, could get, get nominated. nominated yeah he, if I carrie fukunaga get nominated for best cinematographer or, or writing best cinematography editing i mean this film could get rack up the nominations it could be like the yeah. big movie nod you know there's the sweeper even if it doesn't win everything it could yeah. get like nine or ten nominations and then idris elba produced it He's right, a, he's the producer on it. it. Yeah, which is incredible. And it's, they filmed it all in location. I just that we talked about that like for the kids, just mm. as actors, what they had to do Ugh. in these jungles and in the mud. There's a sequence where they have these this like clay mud trench, and that's beautiful because the color of that like rich orange mud water, and he's sort of trunching through it, and there's mm-hmm. corpses floating in Ugh, it, yeah. and they've they've disbanded from the Supreme Commandant, so they're basically a rogue alliance. They're like a, a rogue band of guys just out on their own, yeah. following Idris Elba into the jungle trying to survive because they they have no supply line now because they basically uh what's it each yourself gets demoted by this you know politician basically right and so he goes rogue and he takes his guys with him and yep. by the end of it they're hungry and they're dying they want and out. They're, they're all out of ammunition yep. yeah and yeah food and so they decide and to water. just leave they basically have a coup and they don't even kill him and you don't find out what happens to each Elba, but they don't kill him yeah. you know what i mean but yeah, just man, it's a phenomenal film. If you you know, it's, you know if you have a weak stomach, it might not be for you. But if yeah. you try to power through it, because it's worth it. And I, I don't you know, I don't trip off that stuff. It's just content to me. But it's raw, man. It's raw. It's I mean, one of the things too they show the kid, this uh, the kid, the actor at the end and he's basically been rescued and taken to a place where sort of like rehabilitation rehabilitation yeah. yeah it's by the beach and they have these bunks which and it's, is very sweet the, the, the young because uh, what do you do with the kids because when they leave and the UN finds them and they arrest the adults but they keep the kids they take the can't. kids they're you, kids you they're can't children put them in prison but they've they're also victims. committed serious war crimes but they are victims but they're considered victims they're, they should be considered victims you know so this young boy Abraham Atta who plays Agu the lead He's sitting there and he's talking to this woman who's kind of his counselor. And it was such an incredible acting performance because you can see the difference in his eyes from the beginning. Being in the movie. When yeah. he's like an innocent child, you can see that in his eyes playing imagination TV. Mm-hmm. And then you see him sitting there after having macheted people in the head, being raped, being out, all these things. Killing, drugging, and, raping, drugging, raping. Yeah. And you see in his eyes the the eyes of someone who has all of who has Lived gone through, through hell yeah. and i thought i couldn't believe the kid pulled that off as like, a young where actor where did you who directed you to do, how yeah. was that how did you achieve that did you go meet with like real child soldiers at yeah. one point or see well, they conditions apparently did. Or? they had some training them did they really? Yes, I, I could see that. They had some, and I and I was hearing an interview from Carrie Fukunaga talking about how they had a couple of them sort of doing some of the training, and they said, "Give me twenty minutes, I can turn these people into into soldiers." No wow. problem. I mean, it was just spooky what they what, what happened. They're like, "Yeah, we got you." Yeah, yeah. Like, that's intense. And that poor boy, Striker, the kid who plays Aww, his best friend, it reminds face. me a lot of like Stand by Me. His face, like, is like the face of a of an old man in this yep. little boy with that hat that he wears. I, know. I lost it a little. Yeah, no spoilers. Got I got emotional. That was like the most emotional moment of the movie. There's, there's so much horrible, so many horrible things that happen in this movie, but that yeah. poor boy, that little boy who yeah. just has this like a poker, this unflinching poker face. Yeah. And like, he just looks like a hard old man, like the casting, wherever they found him. He really did that because he never really speaks and he just has this sort of stone face yeah. the whole time. You might have like two or three lines in the whole movie. I don't even know if he did. He has one at the Why, very okay. end. And, but he says so much without saying anything. I know. It's, a, it's the brilliant. The performances are really pretty amazing, especially for young boys. But it also, I, it, it's this is Netflix and, and this is the future of the studio system because we watched this on Netflix. We did not go see this at the theaters, theaters, although we could have because they did release it in Los Angeles yeah, and New York. Limited release theaters. But we watched it. You can go. You don't have to go see it over the weekend. 
You can go watch it on Netflix right, right now, now, anytime. And the funny thing about that is it's such a high, uh, high budget, but just such a large scope presentation. And then to be like, here, look at this movie we yep. made for free. Do you yeah. pay your $8 a month? Right, here, right. Look what we here, did with that 8 bucks a month. Oscar nominated to potentially movie. You and know? just like the scale of this movie to shoot in the jungle. It reminded me of Apocalypto where Mel Gibson in his crazy beard shooting yep. in the Mayan jungles. It's with, that kind of, yeah. It's that kind of realism. And it's that kind of good And too. it's from Netflix. And yep. like, here, watch it for free, guys. Tell us what you think. It's like, fuck! I, yeah, I think this is going to be a major game changer because I strongly predict that they'll win some Oscars. Oh, yeah. And, oh, sure. Um, I just hope they don't get the Slumdog Millionaire treatment where they get paraded out as like these, you know, know. brilliant or the guy from Captain they Phillips. Will. They will. They get sort of just thrown into the pan and then, disappear. And then just bugger off. They yeah. will, though. They probably will. That's but, sad. But yeah, that's but what I happens. But I mean, remember there. last year at this same time frame, we saw Birdman and we predicted it was going to win. And we were right. We were right. And I'm going to I'm going to make this prediction now on this film. It's definitely going to... I don't know if it's going to win Best Picture, but it's going to be nominated and it's going to win... Idris Elba might win. I'm going to predict that... He could could be Best Supporting Actor. It's going to win some Oscars. Like, There's no doubt. Definitely. Where where the chips fall and what it does win for remains to be seen. I can't say, yes, Best Picture for this movie, but it will be... They nominate 10 movies now, so it will definitely be nominated. And they had to release it theatrically in order to be eligible for that. Really? So they had to so yeah. they know what they're doing man they know what they're doing this is their like entrance into like authenticity yeah well this is the being future, taken seriously folks. yeah this is things are changing Netflix is taking over man yeah that whole and i don't know if i mind it really i don't mind it as far as i can see from where i sit i don't mind it especially if they're gonna make content like this exactly this is not some second rate sort of like whatever uh straight to movie straight to dvds movie man no hell no this this just, is oscar caliber film yeah this rivals anything i've almost seen this year except for sicario and you yeah, know and mad max is level. good but yeah it's on a sicario level what, what so what would you give it on our justice and doom like a nine like I, a nine out of ten you give it you gave uh, sicario 9.5 so you're saying you'd give it a nine yes okay. i feel like sicario's script is better I mean, this is a great script too, yeah. but I don't know. I guess I could give it a nine point five. Yeah, without... no, I, yeah, I think I'm with you on that. I think I'd say nine. A nine, yeah. yeah. I mean, not that I really like Sicario more than this. I don't know. I can't really say that, but uh, I because mean, I, there's some, there's a few things with the script that I agree. I was kind of like, well, the acts like Act One, Act Two, yeah, Act Three. Yeah, there, was there some was some sort of things that that kind of jumped ahead and. But I definitely give it a strong nine. Yeah, solid, straight yep. up nine, and go see it right now. Yeah, go watch you can it. see it anytime. That's I, I'd watch it again. There's stuff like there's so much that happens in these these battle scenes and in it just in the, like there's so much color and there's so much life happening that you kind of have to watch it twice. Yeah. And the acting is incredible. Like when right. they when they do that ambush and they're underneath the bridge and the guy's telling them like you have the ammo ready, you be ready, you come running around. You know what I mean? And they, right. then they ambush this caravan of basically engineers and like they're not even soldiers. They were yeah. just civilians and they kill them all brutally. Yep. And then they have that initiation murder where they literally have the kid, Idris Elba, has, this is the man who killed your father. He yeah. killed your father. And he's like, he's like, no, I'm an engineer. I'm I here know. to fix the bridges. They literally chop his head to bits yeah. with the machete and they show it. I couldn't watch. Yeah, it's gnarly. I turned away. Yeah, it's gnarly. It's intense. Yeah. But that's, that's the reality, man. Well, yeah. and also you pointed out when we were watching it, you said that this is what they did in Rwanda the Rwanda, yeah. yeah, they killed more people with machetes than Hitler did in, in the Auschwitz. concentration camps. Yeah. yeah, really, for real. And it's not like a tit for tat comparison. It's just like numbers. They gave people machetes and said, "You guys go kill those guys," and yeah. they got it done to uh, upwards of millions with machetes because they can't afford guns. Like the soldiers can afford the guns, yeah. but these people that they just I think rally it was a million people that were killed in Rwanda. Actually, how many? A million. I think it was a lot more than that. Well, I think it was considered. I want to Google that now because before we go on record, we're going to get emails. We're going to get emails on that. Uh, but yeah, I know that the it, just the whole idea of killing people with that method is it's 
barbaric. It's brutal. Yeah. yeah, just hacking. And even the way you just able to describe it, he's like, you got to chop down, like, gave her, like, cut a melon. You got to cut down oh, on it. the way you I You got to snap your wrist on him. Yeah, it's like, Jesus Christ. He's like, yeah, his head, it's like a See? melon. That, because his bald and head, the guy's he's like... Bought- Begging for his life, yeah. crying, I'm just an engineer. Yeah, I'm, I'm here to fix, fix the, the bridges. Bridge. Yeah. I'm a civil engineer, man. And, and he wasn't even, I don't think he was even from the country. I think he said he's from, he mentioned a school he was at. Yeah, he's a student. He's like, he's I'm an engineering student. student. Yeah. I'm here, yeah, yeah. So he was like literally this a foreigner. This man did not kill your father. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the manipulation. That's that's such a tactic, you know. Right. These kids got don't caught know. up in the wrong thing. Yeah. yeah, and these kids just listen to their new leader, who becomes a father figure because their families are murdered in front right. of them. You know, gives them something to fight for. Gives them a purpose. Ugh. Well, yeah, it's heavy. That's See a- you next week. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, we can't leave it on that note. Well, we we've got. Walker Stalker Con coming up, which we're very excited about. Yeah, that's it's, next uh, week, right? In Atlanta, on the tw- that's the 29th to the 1st. Yeah, next week. And uh, everybody's going to be there. Andrew Lincoln, Norman Reedus, um, All the cast. McBride, the entire cast. John is gonna Bernthal. Be there. John Shane's going to be there. Um, I think the governor's going to be there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah. A lot, I'm not 100% sure on that, but there's a lot. Carl. Of, a lot. Carl's going to be there. Uh, Abraham, it's going to be yeah. They're all going to be there. It's going to be great. Norman and Reedus, I love how Norman Reedus is like hosting the after party. Yeah, he's hosting the after party. <laughs> it's like so. Who else is going to do it? He's like Mr. Party yeah. Animal Man. So we will uh, be reporting from the show. We're also going to um, be well, interviewing interview. the creators of Netherworld. Which is the number one haunted house in the country, and it's in Atlanta. Yeah, it's in Atlanta. We'll be so checking it's like, it out ourselves. Yeah, we'll go there. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So this is uh, going to be a lot of fun, and stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for that. We much to talk about. And and back up off me. Back up off me. Back up off me. Yeah, yeah. Back up off me. Back up off me. Back up off me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah, see, yeah. beast of no nation. See it. See you right now. And. Uh, you won't regret it unless you just can't stomach things like this. But it's a really fantastic. Yeah, film. if you can handle Saving Private Ryan, you can handle this. I don't know. I this mean, it's way more disturbing. It's than more saving disturbing, Private but it's Ryan. about the same amount of gore and like dismemberment, and you know, it's the same. It's about on par with. That. Yeah. I mean, there's sort of more of like an American elegance that Steven uh, Spielberg puts to stuff. That, yes, you know, there's no elegance in terms of the killing. And yeah, the, no, the there's no sort of, of like, uh, what's the word? Yeah, yeah. Not like, no, no. But it's about on par with the same amount of gore. Yeah. So it's a check good it one, out. Though. Yeah. Good one. And we'll talk next week. Let us know what you think. See ya, audience. See you, jerks. See you, jerks.